I'm Dr. Candace Still Flippin, a nationally recognized multi-generational workplace scholar, TEDx speaker, and best-selling author. I created Beyond the Gap, a progressive podcast that features guests from different generations and backgrounds. During each segment, we engage in frank discussions and share perspectives on many unspoken workplace topics and offer helpful advice you can use right away. In this podcast, we go beyond the gap and help people build better workplaces and careers. Hey, everyone. I'm so excited about this episode of Beyond the Gap. I am joined today by author Dr. Shamika Gibson. She's also the founder and CEO of SG Consulting and Data. She's also the board president of Changing the Mindset, Inc., I am so excited to have you here today. Good morning, Shamika. Good morning. Thank you for having me. So excited to be here. So we've known each other a little bit, Mm -hmm. and I'm so excited that you're joining us because you have such an amazing background. Let's start by sharing a little bit about who you are with our listeners today, and then we're going to talk about a really exciting topic, how to get ahead with or without formal education. The work that I do with Changing the Mindset and SG Consulting and Data is to help individuals understand uh, perceptions and how they affect your behaviors and how to identify and modify those accordingly so you can be successful in the things that you accomplish or the goals you're trying to achieve. You have such a powerful background and story. I can think of a lot, but when you think about yourself, like what's the one word that describes you? Oh, goodness. Uh, I'm a strategic thinker. I'm one of those type of people where I don't really think on a whim, but I like to explore all options first before I make a decision um, because I don't like doing things more than once. Uh, I like to try to get it right the first time because quality is very important to me. So I'm one of those type of people where you call, I'm going to actually put a lot of thought and energy uh, in a decision that I make before I make the decision. And it's going to be a really good one. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to circle back on that. Um, So, you know, a big part of my passion is building a bridge across the generation groups. What generation are you? I'm a millennial. Oh, that's awesome. So what group there is? Best group. Okay. Okay. I'm going to. I'm going to let you have that. <laughs> Gen X's who are listening, we know the truth. So um, what do people say about millennials that you wish they would talk about a lot more often? Well, one of the negative things that they say about us is that we're job hoppers, hmm. which is not always um, the case with us. We Millennials, we really like to feel like we serve a purpose. We really want to feel like that we are adding to and making a difference and an impact. And if we feel like we are not contributing or we're not valued, then we start looking for other options to make sure that we're fulfilling a goal and a purpose. So sometimes it seems self-serving, but a lot of times we really want to feel like we are part. Tell me more about that. Me personally, in starting my career, it, it took me a while to figure out what job was best for me. I kind of hit a rough patch with trying to identify the best path for Shamika. I jumped into a master's program right after getting my bachelor's. I jumped into a PhD program after getting my uh, master's because I'm I'm thinking, well, maybe if I continue to go to school today, I will figure it out. I had a lot of jobs. One year, I think I had about six jobs, and it was because I could not find the niche. I didn't feel like I, I fit, but also I felt like the companies wasn't embracing my growth as well, so... I continued to jump from job to job until I actually found a home, uh, an employment home that embraced me and made me feel like I was part of the team. And I actually stayed there for seven years. 
So you said there's a perception that millennials job hopped, but you mm-hmm. job hopped in six times in one year. Do you think you were adding to that perception? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> so what changed? What what was it that you found um, in that seventh role mm-hmm. that helped you connect your purpose? Well, they made me feel like I was a part of the team. You know, they they gave me the free will to make decisions. They trust me. Uh, I didn't feel like I was not valued as an employee. And that that happens a lot is that sometimes employees are leaving because they're not valued. They're they're not feeling appreciated. And so they don't stay. Give me some examples and you don't have to name the names of the organizations, but give me some examples of things that occurred that made you feel that you weren't valued. Um, Not respecting my time. So if traditional work hours are from eight to four thirty, then I think it's okay to ask employees, can they stay a little bit longer instead of um, thinking that it's okay just because they work and they're salaried employees that they're required to stay. You know, people have families, they have other obligations and it's, it's okay. And some employees will stay. If you say, Hey, do you mind staying over extra 30 minutes or extra hour to help me with this? Give people the autonomy to make that decision and don't just tell them to do it. I think there are a number of people listening to that comment and they're saying, Oh, see, there we go again. Millennials. There you go. Because, you know, I walked into the workplace as a Gen X and I think people who are baby boomers and maybe even other millennials and maybe Gen Z's who feel if you're a salaried employee, then you're serving at the whim. Um, where does that come from? That expectation that I'm signing up for eight to four thirty, and if it's four thirty one, it's time for me to go. <laughs> I think it comes from from them setting the hours. Actually, you know, if you say that it that's the that's the time that I'm going to be expected to work, then I think that that's pretty much the case for some people. Is that okay? Well, you said this is what I'm going to work, then this is what I'm expecting to work. But I do feel that when a person loves their job, they're passionate about their job, and the job makes them um, pours into them as if they pours into the company. They don't mind working. They don't mind working over. You have those people that once they start to not like their jobs anymore and they're not happy, that they're only going to give to the company what the company gives to them. I often see in my research a mismatch with alignment and expectation. So what would have helped you in terms of understanding that your employers respected your time during the interview process so that you would have come in with the expectation that 8.30 to 4 actually meant 8.30 to whenever, whenever <laughs> the job gets done. Gets done. <laughs> um, I think that the I've, I've learned one amazing thing Um from from a past president and in management he told me that the interview is your first um staff and manager conversation your first supervision what he will say so during the interview you set all the expectations in the interview and once that staff comes on board there's no misunderstanding about what what their role was when they started. So for example, I remember interviewing staff and I would give them a bucket list of all the things that they should expect coming into the role. And we had a clear understanding in the beginning. I explained that yes, the traditional work hours are from eight to four 30, but there could be times that you may have a client that needs support outside of those work hours. Are you okay with that? Because I knew that I would like for someone to ask me if it was okay being a single mother with two children and I come into a job and now you have the job, now we paying you, we expect for you to be here until 8 PM if you get a on call. But I did ask my staff, are you okay with that? You know, 
There may be times where you have to work on the weekend because some families can't work during the week. We're working with a vulnerable population, so you have to work around their schedules. And staff will say, yeah, sure, I'm okay with that. I can I can work on the weekends. And then once they come in, okay, I have a client on the weekend. What should I do? Okay, well, let's offset your hours during the week so that way you get those hours back during the week and you can make up the time on the weekend. Okay, good. So what other things could have helped you not go to seven jobs in one year? <laughs> a mentor. Okay. I really wish that I had a mentor because if I had someone that was saying, okay, Shamika, this is what you should do in this area, or maybe if you try this instead, or uh, let me tell you where my bumps and bruises came from. I didn't really have that. Um, You know, you have parents, you have siblings, but they don't mentor you the same as someone you don't know. Um, So I wish I had someone that, that, would hold my hand a little bit back then. I think things would have been different if I had a mentor. That's really great insight. And we actually have an episode on mentorship where I'm going to bring in my own mentees (laughs) to talk about that. Do you have mentors now? I do. I have two mentors now. And um, I have mentors now and I have mentees. Um, And it's things, things are different when you have mentors. And I think I told you, I I have a mentor and I have a life coach. So my life coach is, has unofficial, (laughs) my mentor. (laughs) Uh, But I I see the value of her, of them pouring into me. And I wanted to give that back um, with my mentees. So you said that at the start of your career, you wish that expectations around your time would have been clearer. Yeah. You wish you would have had a mentor to help guide you. Mm-hmm. What do you wish you had known? I mean, you have a very successful business right now, mm-hmm. but what do you wish you had known at the beginning of your career? How important professional development is. Um, and I think that is the basis for why I created Changing the Mindset Incorporated because outside of just going to school and getting a formal education, but being able to continue to invest in yourself. So um, I wish I would have, that's another thing about us millennials. We like to be trained. We want to learn. We want to grow. So I just wish that more education uh, and more um, professionally developing myself in my role would have helped as well. So then with that, what advice would you give to a baby boomer or someone in my magnificent generation, generation (laughs) X working with millennials? I would tell them to be patient, be patient. Millennials are are still trying to figure things out. They're still trying to find themselves. And, and we see the value and how important work is. So a lot of times in other generations, they're not as, they're not as patient, you know, and there is an expectation that we hired you for a role. So we feel that you are the best qualified candidates. So as soon as you walk through the door, you should be able to perform. And a lot of companies don't even professionally develop their staff. They just have their perception that they can do the job. They send them in there to do the work and they are not prepared and they're not successful and they leave. And that's where your retention comes in, you know, so giving them the professional development that they need, also being patient and understanding and talking to them because also the stereotypes Um, don't just automatically assume that just because they're a millennial that they are also attached to all the stereotypes that come with it. Um, Because millennials have stereotypes about baby boomers and Gen Gen Ys and Gen Gen Xs as well. Really? They do. What do they say about Gen X? (laughs) (laughs) I think I want to be able to dispel that myth right here on the spot. (laughs) So 
So the perception is, is that uh, Gen X is kind of, you know, stuck in between like the the baby boomers and, and the millennials, right? So you guys are paying us back for all the torture <laughs> <laughs> that the baby boomers took you through. So it's like, oh, y'all have it easy. No, you're not going to get it easy. So it's almost like a, um, I don't want to use the word hazing, but it's almost like a, um, a process of we're going to make you work for it. You're just not going to be able to walk in with your sassy talk and your nice shoes and think you're going to get off easy. No, <laughs> I often say that Gen X is like the Jan Brady uh-huh. of the generational discussion because we're sandwiched in the middle and we yes. want some attention. Okay. So what I will say mm-hmm. is that, a lot of individuals will come into an organization and there is an expectation that you will assimilate yeah. or take on the culture of an organization. And I have seen a lot of really positive changes that have come because millennials have been so purposeful mm-hmm. in terms of their expectation with their time and their life around work-life balance. And we know that by the year 2030, the majority almost... of the workplace, according to the U.S. Department of Labor Statistics, will be millennials. And so there's a lot of positive change that has happened. And I have observed, you know, as a Generation X, things that were part of my assimilation into the workplace that may be disregarded by millennials and have felt that I was coaching and teaching rather than hazing um, and also, but also trying to build a bridge to reconcile the changing nature of the workplace and trying to be more accommodating to a broader, more holistic approach. So that's very good insight. I'm sure people will be writing in about that. (laughs) Some claiming it, some dispelling it, but you know, I never heard that before. So thank you for being brave enough to share it. Yeah. And I mean, that's good that you take that approach, Candace, because that's what millennials want. We, we want to feel embraced. We don't want to walk into an environment where we're feeling like people are not happy to see us there because of so many negative connotations that come with millennials. So that's that's important. Thank you. Today, we're going to talk about how to move forward in your career, either with or without formal education. Talk to us about that and what tips can you share? I have a formal education, but I also feel that there are a lot of people that decide to take uh, a non-formal education where they maybe high school diploma is good enough for them, but they're going to get technical education, something, something really brief. You know, they don't. They don't want to sit in school for 10, 11, 12 years to get a degree just to say that they've been able to accomplish something. So I strongly encourage individuals to pour into themselves and invest in themselves uh, to enhance their their value as an employee or as a business owner. Um, So that way there is multiple options um, and you're not just stuck in a box. So. Some tips that I have for building a skill with or without formal education is first investing yourself. Uh, a lot of times we do not consider our value and our importance and how our roles are our value. So it's very critical to make sure that you pour into yourself, you educate yourself and find there's all types of free education, free workshops, free events that you can go to to enhance your skill set. So in addition to or in lieu of getting a formal degree, you're saying perhaps a workshop or a seminar or webinar. Absolutely. Could 
could be something that yeah. would help advance your skills. Like, good. Absolutely. What else do you have? Surround yourself around strength-minded and positive result-driven people. I talk a lot about this in Changing the Mindset. It's very critical to make sure that you have a group, a support system of like-minded people to make sure that they push and support you along the way. So that's very critical. Uh, Sometimes we are the person that we surround ourselves around. And that toxic environment and that, that positive environment can either help you or hurt you. So it's very important to have a good support group some of the best ways I can think of when investing in yourself is finding some really good podcasts I'm a big advocate for watching TED Talks I love watching TED Talks I always find something new and innovative when I'm listening to the different types of speeches Uh, I don't have a favorite podcast or favorite um, Uh, uh, you don't oh well (laughs) now this is my favorite (laughs) so um so yeah just I, I kind of listen to everything and I kind of let YouTube kind of guide my interests uh, based on the analogs that they that of what I search. I read a lot of leadership development books, a lot of books about inspiring and encouraging and enhancing my ability to interact with others and, and being more of a, a people's person. Conferences and, and workshops and webinars are always good. One thing that I started doing this year is that I'm doing a lot of traveling. So I'm maximizing my travel opportunities by identifying different things to do in those cities where I would go on like tourist things and try to learn more about the city. But now I'm trying to connect and network in those cities. So I try to figure out on Eventbrite what type of uh, events are happening, what type of workshops are going on, how can I uh, attend some of these things. And I pay for them, which is another thing that I have is creating a budget about how of how many things or how much money I want to spend for connecting and investing in myself and in my networking abilities and also my skill sets. Those are just a few things. There's plenty more, but um, those are the ones that that I recommend uh, when it comes to investing in yourself and enhancing your skill set. You said at the beginning of this episode that millennials are still finding themselves. Mm -hmm. So if you're still finding yourself, what are some of the ways that you can know yourself? What tools or tips do you have to help people blend that? I remember going to dinner with this lady and she said something about goal setting. So I think it's very important. Her name is Candace. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think it's very important to, uh, to set goals. And, and action steps with those goals. A lot of times you hear people say, set goals, set goals, um, follow your goals, complete your goals. But how? You know, so not only should you set goals for yourself, but also set action steps for yourself and, and keep track of your progress. So that way you can get to somewhere. Because a lot of times we are still finding ourselves. But if we don't have a roadmap and we don't develop a roadmap and follow that roadmap, we may not ever make it to the end. I strongly agree with goal setting, but also having strong action steps and following the progress of those. Okay. Okay. You have an amazingly successful business, and I know it took a lot of courage to step out there on your own. Tell mm-hmm. us why you decided to start your own business, and what is it like being an entrepreneur? I've actually been working my business for about three years, and this was when I was still fully employed with a company. I did just contract work on the side. I knew at some point I wanted to start my own business. I always set a goal for myself that by age 35, and I'll be 35 this year, by age 35 that I would be a full-time entrepreneur working for myself. And so I set goals for myself and what I needed to do to get to that point. But, of course, you know, a lot of times in life, 
our plan is not always the plan that is aligned for us that God has for us. So there was some bumps and bruises and some shifts and changes along the way. But my purpose wasn't defined until maybe like a year and a half ago when I started to notice things and I started going through the PhD program a little bit more in uh, in depth and I started learning about industrial organizational psychology and business psychology and uh, looking at data and things like that. And what I've learned is professional development is very important. It's very critical to helping employees be successful. So I would often hear a lot of employees complain about not being professionally developed in their role. When looking at budgets and things, when I'm looking at grants, I noticed that a lot of organizations send money back and a lot of it came from the line item of professional developing. So my question is, why are we sending so much money back for professional development, but we have staff complaining that they're not being professionally developed? So how can we how can we fix this problem? So that's where the birth and the thought process of creating an organization that provides professional development services because also what I've observed or what I've learned in my research is that organizations don't have the time to train their staff nor do they have the resources uh, to provide the professional development so I'm like okay well that's an opportunity there let me see if I can develop a model that I can present to organizations where I can say, hey, if you can't provide the service, let me provide the services so we can help with your retention problem. Because we also know that one of the complaints of staff is that if I'm not being professionally developed, they're not investing in me. They're not helping me grow. I need to work for a company that will. So let me help you retain your employees by professionally developing them and helping them being successful. This has been such an amazing episode. Shamika, thank you so much for joining us. Where can people find you? So you can find me. I am on Facebook. Um, Shamika Gibson on Facebook. But uh, my businesses are SG Consulting and Data and Changing the Mindset Incorporated. We are on Facebook and Instagram. And my uh, website is www.sgcdata.org and www.changingthemindsetincorporated.org. Fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Beyond the Gap podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes. For more information and to download the show notes, please visit us at beyondthegappodcast.com.